You are tuned in to Awaken Radio with Connie Chapman. To listen to more episodes, go to ConnieChapman.com or subscribe on iTunes. Hello everyone, this is Connie and welcome to today's episode of Awaken Radio. It is wonderful to be here with you. I have a really juicy conversation in store for you today and this is a conversation about manifestation. And you guys are going to love this because I know so many people have big dreams and big visions for their life, but they don't quite know how to turn it into a reality. And when we're in that space, sometimes we really struggle because we start pushing and striving and controlling and trying to make things happen versus trusting and knowing that everything's unfolding just as it's meant to. So today you're going to be learning a lot of principles and practices and a lot of insights into my guest's experience as well with manifesting with less hustle and more flow. Now the person that I'm chatting to today is Erin Stutland and she is a life coach and fitness expert and the creator of Shrink Session, Tone Your Body, Expand Your Mind. As a former professional dancer turned actress, Erin has guest starred on The Sopranos, Chappelle Show, Sex in the City, and more. She combined her love for movement, spirituality, and self-development into a unique workout that has impacted people all over the world. Erin runs a coaching business where she has the opportunity to help people create movement in their bodies and their lives. She is passionate about guiding you to clarify an ideal vision for your life and then make a plan of action to get there. She does this and everything with a sense of humor, ease, and a touch of sass because going for your dreams should be nothing short of a good time. And you can find out more about Erin at erinstutland.com. Welcome, Erin. It is so awesome to have you here. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Oh, my absolute pleasure. I, uh, I'm really excited to chat to you about this because I came across your program, Magical Manifestors, that you, that you run. And, and um, I love the approach that you take to this conversation because it is, it, it, it's important to take a more playful and lighthearted and fun and flowing perspective rather than the other space we can often click into. And obviously mm-hmm. in your work, you support people through coaching and through movement and have obviously in order to set up the business that you are now, I no doubt uh, have no doubt you've been applying these incredible principles of manifestation over the past few years. Um, and so I would love to, to open up just with some of your experience with you know, as you've, as you've come into your work or as you've come on your journey, how you, you sort of maybe first started learning about the principles of manifestation. Was it sort of through reading books? Was it a bit of trial and error? And how have you started to begin to hone your own kind of process around this? Mm, Yeah. Well, I've always, I've always felt sort of, um, magical, I guess you could say. And I don't, I don't mean me just alone magical, but I've always kind of felt that life was quite magical. Um, I think for a long time, for many years, I would experience those synchronicities in life where you're thinking of someone and they call or, you know, especially my mom and I were always really connected. So I would, you know, have a dream about her and she would call me in the morning with something that I dreamt about. Mm -hmm. Um, and I felt that that was that was happening that happened in my life quite a bit that um, I was attracting things that I would be thinking about, and I never really thought about it. I thought this is just you know like I just felt like this is how people roll you know, and I didn't really think about it as a system or or anything like that. But um, so I did have that sense of sort of there was just like a sense that life was you know very magical and special and um, you never knew what was going to happen and that you could really draw in things into your life. But I think when I really started to um, sort of hone in on on making it a little bit more of a process was probably at some point um, during college when I started to really experience you know my first year of college. Uh, university was really stressful. I had a hard time. My mom got sick and it was just a big change as I think a lot of people experience that first year when they're away from home and sort of venturing out into life. And I, I was dancing. I was a dance major in college. And one summer actually I was, um, I had come to New York. I was, I was in the Midwest dancing at the university of Illinois and I had come to New York for the summer to do a dance program. And I found that, you know, one of the things I was dancing with all these really incredible people from all over the world. 
Um, and I thought, you know, I, I was a good dancer. I felt pretty confident when I got into, I was like, you know, I became like a little fish in a, in a big pond when I got mm -hmm. to New York for that summer and I felt intimidated and I kind of found myself standing at the back of the room and I found, I felt like I wasn't really good at picking up combinations fast and I felt overwhelmed. And, you know, one thing that I started to do, um, every day, which I actually learned from who's like one of my first and favorite books is The Artist Way by Julia Cameron, yeah. um, who talks a lot about synchronicity. Um, she has an exercise in there called the morning pages. And the morning pages are really essentially three pages of stream of conscious writing. And so every day before I would go into dance class that summer, I would do my morning pages, but I would, I would take sort of all of the fears or the negative self-doubt that was in my head and I would dump them onto the page and I would turn them into mantras or affirmations. Um, and, you know, one of the big things that I felt that I wasn't good at was, that, you know, I'm not good at picking up combinations quickly. So I would write, I pick up combinations easily and effortlessly. I see movement and I get it. I feel confident. I stand in the front of the room. And, you know, that summer I transformed as a dancer and I became, you know, actually that picking up combinations became my greatest asset as a dancer. Wow. And it, yeah, and it was, <laughs> it was amazing. It was such a transformation. And I think through that experience, I really started to, that was just the beginning, sort of the tip of the iceberg of starting to learn, you know, the power of my own mind and the power to change the way that I think to get more in flow, like what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. The morning pages was such a way to empty out sort of the negativity and the fear and the doubt that was on your mind and put it onto the page so that you could become a channel for manifesting new beliefs and new things and new ideas in your life. And that's really how I think it that was like my first real experience of like, oh my gosh, wait, it's more than just magical. There actually could be a little bit of a system, I'll say, for creating what you really want in your life. And that was very exciting. Do you know what I love about what you just, the distinction you kind of made there is, is when a lot of us think about manifestation, we think about manifesting something external like a, you know, a relationship or a job or money, but we're actually manifesting our, our ways of being. We're manifesting you know, um, the way we're showing up in the world based on what we're thinking. And that's a really nice way for people to look at manifestation that they can actually manifest themselves uh, to change and, and show up in different forms and become, uh, you know, different versions of themselves or express different qualities by changing what's going on within them. That's, that's an incredible, uh, that's a very empowering thing for people to realize. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think I, quite honestly, and, you know, I think we'll, we'll probably get into a little bit about the process, but I, I think that's one of the most important things, like if you are looking to manifest, you know, the external things, which we all want, there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. I think a big piece of it is changing. Like first you have to start with what's going on inside and we can talk a little bit more about that, but yes, absolutely. I think, you know, the process of manifesting is not just about, you know, getting more stuff. Mm -hmm. it's, it's actually about changing how you see and feel and experience the world, which is really the most exciting thing because as we all know, it's, you know, it's never the stuff that we really want. You know, when you think about the thing that you want, you want it because of how you believe it will make you feel and how you believe it will help you experience the world. And so you don't have to wait um, in life to have that thing in order to experience the feeling that you want, which is confidence or love or fulfillment. That's something that you can really begin with in the moment day to day. Before mm. ever having a, before ever having a thing, <laughs> absolutely. I I love that shift in perspective around it, and I and I guess this is probably why both you and I are in the industries that we're in of coaching because it is it's this process of this inner shift, this inner transformation that we make in our belief systems and our what we're telling ourselves and our thoughts, and even for people to begin to realize they have the power to change that. Sometimes we just feel like I've always been bad at you know this. Uh, at, at the choreography and so therefore that's that's just how it's always going to be versus realizing we can change our um our behavior and so maybe we can just touch on that a little bit um obviously what you shared with the morning pages is so beautiful and shifting from a thought pattern that's sort of doubtful and fear-based into something loving and empowering uh, what else has really worked for you or what do you find works with the people you you support um to begin to make those inner shifts so that, as you said, we can clear out 
the gunky low-level stuff that's manifesting what we don't want and and begin that that clear channel. I love how you describe that. Mm. Yeah, I mean, definitely the morning pages is a tool that I personally go back to again and again and again. And, you know, there's so many beautiful tools out there, right? So for those who are listening, there's going to be some things that really resonate with you and some things that don't. Uh, you know, I'll speak for, for my own example, like, for me, sitting and just meditating quietly isn't quite as effective as writing. Um, and, and I've tried them both several and I, you know, I tend to go back to the writing. So I just say that because I don't, I think it's important to, to, um, to try things and see what works for you. Um, I, the, the writing for me is, is extremely powerful. It's so powerful for a lot of uh, people that I work with. It's particularly powerful if, um, if you are a creative person, if you are, um, somewhat of a physical person because it gives you that physical activity of even just writing. I mean, it's very subtle, but it's that moving your pen across the page is, is quite powerful. And then another, another one that I sort of clear the space and, and help you to create and become that channel is something that I call the soul stroll. And um, I even I created a whole sort of program around the soul mm. stroll, but it's really at the bare bones of it. And uh, it's, it's very, very simple. It's just a walk um, outside, preferably outside. And, you know, it's a, it's, it's getting movement in your body. It's a 20 minute walk where you, it's dedicated to like, what I like to say is just connection and connection to yourself, connection to source, connection to the universe, whatever greater power that you feel comfortable and most connected to, it's 20 minutes where the only intention and purpose is to connect. And oftentimes I will, you know, go out and head out for a walk and just start the walk with a question, you know, something that maybe I'm struggling with or trying to figure out. And I'll just begin the walk with a question like, how can I get clarity on this particular project? And then I just head out for a walk. And it's really amazing because I think that just the process, the activity, the physicality of walking does something to kind of calm the mind and, um, you know, ease the nervous system a little bit. So the soul stroll is also a really, a really great way to, um, to become that channel that we're talking about. Those are, those are two tools that I, I probably go back to over and over again on a daily basis. Mm, I was actually going to ask you about the, the process of movement because you've come from a movement background and um, it's really fascinating when people come into this work and, and everyone talks about meditating and the power of meditating and it is, it's, it's one of the most beautiful transformative tools that you can have but I often find when people come into meditation not everyone can sit still and when you have uh, anxiety and fear and your mind's racing at a million miles an hour, sometimes sitting still is one of the worst things that you can do and I love yeah. that you touched on this aspect of walking through it because that is a massive practice that I take on board as well um, and my experience has been with people who really struggle to meditate is I often say to them, move before you meditate, so go mm. for a run, go for a walk, do some yoga, dance, like dance is incredible for me to clear the you know the the energy that's sort of stagnating in your body you need to release it and get it moving and I then find that creates the space for me to have some inner stillness to be able to sit in meditation um have you found you know in addition to to walking things like your you know uh your fitness and and even dance and and other things have been really supportive in your spiritual journey Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's what really shrink session, um, the workout is all about. And just to sort of touch on that really quickly, mm. you know, the process of shrink session is you're moving your body, you know, there, it is sort of choreographed movement. So it combines dance and kickboxing. And then what I like to say, yoga philosophy woven throughout and that you're bringing intention and mindfulness to your movement. And the way in which we do that is you're saying mantras out loud while you're moving. Mm. And part of the reason that's so powerful is because, you know, this is sort of twofold, but you know, a lot of the times um, you know, for me as a dancer, if you're trained as a dancer or you're trained in any sort of physical martial arts, then it's, it's very easy for you to get into, to start moving and get into a deep flow where you're not thinking. Mm. Um, that's what you're trained to do. You know, you're trained to be the character that you're dancing or with martial arts, you're trained to focus on the breath. 
But most people who don't have that training need a little support in getting into that flow. And a lot of people struggle, particularly with exercise in particular. Um, you know, people come to exercise because they have to lose weight or uh, because they have to get fit. And there's a lot of negativity around fitness. And there's a lot of fear. And then there's like people bring, you know, anything that they made up, might have had in the past growing up, they weren't fit, they were left out, they weren't chosen for the team. There's, you're bringing all of that story into a fitness class, let's say. Let's say you go, whether it's to a yoga class or a spin class. And so as a result, you start to, you know, you enter the class or the workout or whatever you're doing and you start moving and things get challenging and they get hard. Um, and instantly you go into this internal conversation, much of like kind of what I talked about in the beginning when I mentioned that I was at, in New York for the summer, you start to go into this inter internal conversation that says, I suck at this. This is hard. I'm never going to lose the weight. I'm not good at it. I've never been good. Why do I even show up to the class? I don't like the teacher. Like it goes on <laughs> and on. And basically what happens, I, you know, when something is difficult physically, Usually we go to a couple different places. We either go to self-doubt, we go to self-criticism, or we go to blaming other people. Mm. And the same thing happens in your life with any challenges, right? A lot of times if we're not used to taking sort of responsibility in a loving, sweet way, we'll <laughs> go into self-criticism, self-doubt, or blaming whoever put us in that position. So one of the things that's so powerful about the mantras that we're using while we're moving is you're saying these words out loud. You're saying, it's my time. My vision is clear. I can feel my power right now, right here. And, you know, no two things can occupy the same space at the same time. So it's not possible for you to be moving and thinking, I suck at this. This is hard. And also at the same exact time, be thinking, I can feel my power, right? It's either going to yeah. be one, one or the other. And sometimes we bounce between the two. But the, the mantras are powerful because... It, it allows you to only think that one thing at a time. So the only thing that could be in your mind is, it's my time, my vision is clear. And the minute you start holding these more positive, empowering thoughts while you're moving, you begin to create a new identification with movement. So instead of feeling crappy and not good when you're moving, you start to, you know, you start to identify movement with, I can feel my power, I can feel my power. That's a beautiful way to move. And I think what happens is, these mantras help to begin to quiet the mind so that you can then move into that flowing space that we're talking about. So the mind gets so, you know, ingrained in the positive that it eventually the negative voice can just relax and sit back, you know, or step yeah. away. And soon you're sort of in that state of flow. So that's really what shrink session is all about. And what's so powerful is that it really does help with the manifesting process. It's, it's kind of exactly like what I talked about in the beginning, that process that I took myself through by writing down those affirmations and then creating that new, that new belief in myself. That's exactly what Shrink Session does so that you can manifest new feelings, new thoughts, and then new things in your life. Mm, and you have access to completely different thoughts when you start to get in because you know you'd notice this with people when you sort of are in a bit of a negative space and you start to think something more positive initially you, you don't really believe it and you're like oh yeah my vision is clear you know you're not really right. in the space right and then the more that you actually bring yourself into that space you start to have access to more thoughts that are in a similar energy to that you're like aligning with uh, a very different uh, vibration and, and energy in that moment. So the more that you practice it, you're going to find then other thoughts that are similar to that are then going to start to drop in and you kind of get in this flow and build this momentum. And, and so sometimes it is initially about using those practices to kind of pull yourself out of the negative. But when you're on that roll, and, and I'm sure as people get into these sessions and their energy is moving and the momentum's building and the thoughts are coming together, then that's when you start to have these amazing ideas. That's when you start to notice new opportunities opportunities and and everything lines up so so let's talk about this this concept of flow because this is kind of what this is is getting into this beautiful positive momentum this flow energy and then things start to evolve effortlessly is, is that how you kind of describe flow what does that word kind of mean to you yeah I think you just described it quite beautifully I think that's that's absolutely what it is it's this you know, where things just feel effortless. And like you said, you, 
you've cleared out the the gunk and you're sort of vibrating at a different level and yeah. things are just the right things are just kind of coming to you easily and effortlessly. Um, and I think a really important piece to talk about is, um, and you touched on this as well, like when you're feeling anxious, like sitting down to meditate can sort of be the worst thing you could do. I think the same thing goes for when you're trying to get into a state of flow. I think that in order to get there, you really do have to acknowledge what's going on. If it's not the, you know, if it's not the good flowy good stuff, um, I think it's really important and valuable to acknowledge, um, this is how I'm feeling. You know, I'm feeling frustrated. I'm feeling stuck. I'm feeling afraid. Um, because I think, you know, a lot of times in sort of this conversation, this sort of spiritual wellness conversation, there's a lot about, you know, mantras and positive thinking and all of that is really well and good, but we can't discount the times that are very real when we feel really crappy Mm. (laughs) and that we're going through a real struggle in life. And it's very important. I, you know, I don't want to just jump to the the positive mantras, which I think are completely and totally effective without acknowledging, you know, the real heartache and struggles that we go through and the importance of sort of acknowledging that and dealing with it. Um, Because I think if you don't and you try to force yourself into just doing the positive stuff, you actually can feel more defeated. Mm. Uh, and so a big thing, you know, something that actually came up, a discussion in, um, in, in one of my Facebook groups that I, that I run um, is, you know, she was very much feeling like I'm not believing these words right now. Mm. I'm not, they, you know, I, I actually find myself getting more frustrated because I'm saying them and there's not a part of me that believes them. And so one thing that, you know, I would encourage people to work with if that's sort of the state that you're in, if you can't move yourself quite to that high vibration state is, you know, you can even just start by sort of saying the phrase like, even though I'm afraid, even though I'm feeling scared, even though I feel like I'm not making any progress in my life, I'm willing to change. I'm willing to take one step at a time. I'm willing to dot, dot, dot. Mm. So you want to sort of acknowledge really the truth of where you are and say, even though I'm in this place, it's kind of saying like, I love and accept myself exactly as I am, even if I'm in this place and I'm willing to be open to new ideas, period, end of story. Because I think there's something really beautiful that happens in those words when you say, I'm willing to be open. And that, and what I mean by that is that might even just mean opening up a tiny little light you know, inside your heart. You don't have to like turn it on bright 100%. You can just turn the light on 5%. um, And that could really create a beautiful and miraculous shift. So I think that's, you know, I just want to cover the whole aspect of getting into flow, that it's not just like, oh, it's so easy, you know, like just write some affirmations and you're good to go. I think it's really important to acknowledge the state of wherever you are in the moment and, um, and be willing to change from there to take one little tiny step forward can be really powerful yeah and I'm so glad you brought that up because I I do think when people come into the idea of of particularly manifesting things there is this kind of uh, feeling that they need to be in a constantly in this really positive happy space if I want to create a positive happy life I've got to be in a positive happy space all the time and they try to you know you try to build yourself up into this space and sometimes there um, it, it either doesn't feel authentic or there's something actually unresolved inside of you that needs you to be moving through it first and and that goes back to our conversation about movement because I even find um, sometimes if I'm going to be moving either dancing or walking there's not even the intention to necessarily shift what I'm feeling but just to Mm. experience it and I kind of take my discomfort on a walk and and I'm kind of talking to myself like okay so there's a knot in my belly just take some deep breaths and what's bothering you right now and oh okay you're worried about you know the success of this program that you're launching and you're worried if it's all going to work out and okay that's all right and I'm kind of like soothing myself being like it's okay to be scared about that that's understandable and and I still love you and and sometimes Mm -hmm. my my walks and my movement are very much just a the ability to move through what I'm feeling and I think that's a beautiful thing for people to recognize because we don't want to just brush over the the discomfort and leap into the positive um but but the power of, and even that's exactly what you're doing with morning pages, right? You're kind of owning where you're at and processing it and feeling it and, and letting it be expressed. 
Yeah. And I think, you know, there's a difference between, I think sometimes we get a little bit afraid to, um, sort of acknowledge our hurts or our discomfort because it's, it's uncomfortable, right? It's uncomfortable to, to feel scared and it's uncomfortable to feel anxious or depressed. Um, so this is not, you know, there's a difference between sort of acknowledging and accepting with a willingness to sort of move through it and like digging your heels in it and saying, no, this is how I am. I'm depressed. I'm stuck. And I think that, you know, I see it a lot. People get um, really stubborn with, with their feelings. They're like, nope, this is what I am. I'm (laughs) not going to change, you know? And I understand that. and, And because there's, you know, I, I remember as a teenager, you know, teenagers, right, are so moody, but I remember feeling, I remember feeling moody. And I know that by being moody, I got attention, right? What maybe it was negative attention from my parents or, or positive attention, but I was getting something out of staying stuck in it. And I was really committed to staying to feel shitty. <laughs> uh, and I remember, I remember that feeling so much inside of myself being like, really committed and to, to, to staying stuck in a feeling. And so I think, you know, this is different. This is saying, I acknowledge how I'm feeling. It's real. And, and it will, and, and sort of leaving it open to having it pass when it's ready to pass. Um, and those are, you know, two really different experiences. Um, and you have to ask yourself, you have to get real with yourself. Like, is, is this, you know, are you committed to staying stuck? Because a lot of people really are. <laughs> mm. um, they really, they really are. And, and you'll only be able to create change when you, that's like, you're, you're so committed to the change. And that doesn't mean that your life has to be perfect or that you have to feel happy all the time, but that you're committed to feeling better. Even, you know, like I said, 5% better. Um, that's, that's a beautiful commitment but you have to look at what your payoff is for staying stuck because everyone gets one. <laughs> That's totally true. There's, there's a familiarity and a comfort in it sometimes. And when we've had a belief system about ourselves for years, that's disempowering, but that sort of enables us either maybe to get attention or to feel safe or to stay in our comfort zones. Um, sometimes that we will bump up against our own resistance of not wanting to release that because uh, we're scared of kind of what's on the other side of it. But you're right. It can be a really gentle baby step kind of process it can just be little shift by little shift by little shift and and I think the biggest thing for people to take on board is to be really loving with themselves in the process that it's not even about um whether or not you do shift out of it but are you compassionate and are you being kind and gentle even in the midst of um witnessing the fact that you you are wanting to stay stuck to some extent Mm -hmm. can you still be kind and gentle um, on yourself even when that's happening Yeah. One of the really fun exercises that I love to do when I'm teaching a class and I do it in some of the videos, the shrink session videos is, you know, imagine that you're, you're sort of throwing like single uh, punches with your arm, right, right, left, right, left, right, left. What I'll do is sometimes I'll have people, I'll say, okay, let's stop for a second. And I want you to give me uh, 10% of your energy because I want people to experience what 10% feels like. That's kind of like what we're talking about and that stuck kind of that not feel so great. Like you don't even, cause a lot of times people will exercise and sort of paralleling exercising to life. People don't even realize that they're only giving 10% while they're moving. You know what I mean? They think, you know, they just, they're just not conscious of it. So it's the same thing when you're feeling stuck. You're, sometimes you're not even conscious that you are choosing to stay stuck. So, which is okay, because then you have to become conscious of it. So, you know, one thing that I'll do with people say is, okay, give me, I want you to, I want you to give me 10%. And it's really fun because the whole room will like, all of a sudden it looks like nobody cares. Like they're just, and I want them to feel that way. I want, I want them to feel like, this is what it feels like when you're not trying that hard, when you're not that committed, when you're not really thinking, when you're not really putting in any effort. And, you know, we're going to the rhythm of the music, right, left, right, left, right, left. And then I'll say, okay, now I want you to take it up to 30%. So not a huge jump, but a little bit more so that you can feel the shift in energy moving up, you know, the scale. And then I'll say, okay, now give me 50%. And now all of a sudden the room feels a little more energized and we're punching, punching, punching. And I say, give me 70. And then I'll say, give me, you know, and the music's growing. And then I'll say, give me 100%. And now all of a sudden the room is energized in a whole new way. And it's beautiful because we've consciously taken people from 
being sort of stuck, not working that hard, not really being so conscious to being fully conscious and giving 100%. And it's, it's a really beautiful parallel to when we're sort of not really consciously staying stuck and feeling the difference of like when we're digging our heels in the, in the ground with saying, I want to feel like crap versus when I'm willing to move into that flowing place and really push myself a little bit. Yes. So it's, it's a fun way to sort of physicalize that, that movement. And that's, that's such a beautiful, beautiful practice and example. And even, um, you know, taking those little jumps from 10% to 30 to 50, you can do that. Um, I think that's actually how our shift into a higher vibration kind of happens. It typically doesn't happen from I'm moving from feeling powerless and depressed to feeling really joyful and grateful and alive. It kind of is like I move from, you know, feeling really depressed to maybe just feeling kind of mediocre to maybe just feeling kind of a little bit like maybe hopeful to kind of maybe feeling a little bit inspired and then we kind of move up you know if, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the teachings of Abraham but they talk about yeah, moving that's up what I was yeah, just thinking about totally. yeah just moving up that yeah moving that up the emotional scale. scale yeah and so I think um whenever you are whenever people are feeling in a low level space to to I mean you even mentioned this before even if it's a five percent shift for them just to even reach for something that feels a little bit more supportive like even the phrase you said before, which is, yeah, this is what I'm feeling, but I love and accept myself and it's okay, that has even a little bit more ease to it. And so then they can kind of baby step their way out of out of any form of discomfort, whether it's physical, whether it's mental, whether it's emotional. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Beautiful. I, I, um, I really want to take the conversation now into, you know, we've, we've spoken so much about these beautiful changes within, but let's, let's turn the focus outwards a little bit to uh, manifesting in our world. Now, it's all going to probably be very, very similar, but, um, you know, so many people... We live very, I think we live very externally focused. I think we place a lot of weight and pressure on having external things in our life be the way that we want them to. And you touched on at the beginning about the reason why we want that is because we feel that having those things will make us feel a certain way. Um, how do you support people when they kind of come to you and they're like really in that, I want to manifest this, I want to manifest that type of space, you know, quite externally focused, having these goals and very easily can click into pushing and and hustling and and a space of need like I need this stuff you know Um, yeah how do you support people to to work through manifestation when they're sort of showing up in that that space initially well one thing that I like to do is you know and I take them this is what the magical manifestors program is all about Mm. it's really about taking people through this whole process of desire and want and turning it into you know more tangible action oriented goals after we figure out what you know what it is that you want but one of the first things that I do with with people is I I give them actually the assignment it's called a gold digger list and this is about digging for your own gold and so you know I'll have people look for example at I'll have them choose a particular area of their life that they want to work on so whether it's home or body or career or finance or spirituality or relationships they kind of pick this area and I have them set a timer for, you know, 10 to 15 minutes. And their whole objective is it, it, every sentence starts with, I want, I want, I want, I want. And then you sort of fill in the blanks. And one thing that I encourage people to do is to just go for it, to, to list out all of the things in that area that you want. So, you know, if it is career, like, you know, I want to launch a program. I want to have X amount of subscribers. I want, but what I do is I encourage people, part of this experience of I want is to also tap into how you want to feel so that it doesn't become just an experience of I want this thing and I want to own this thing and I want to have this amount of money, but it's also how you want to feel. I want to feel confident. I want to feel supported. I want to feel alive. I want to feel empowered. I want to have X amount of subscribers. I want to make X amount of dollars so that they really do start to feel connected. So it's not just like the things and the feeling, you know? And so one of the things that, you know, I'll always keep bringing people back to is, if somebody is particularly stuck with, but I really want this thing, <laughs> which, you know, which, which I, which I see and I get, but I see it a lot. For example, you know, I have a lot, I've worked in the past with a lot of actors and performers just cause that was my background. And, you know, I'll hear them say, I really, I want an agent and, you know, we dive in and I say, well, why do you want an agent? Mm-hmm. You know, because I want to go, 
out on more auditions. Well, why do you want to go out on more auditions? Because I want to be considered for work that I love. Well, why do you want to be considered for work that you love? Because doing work that I love, you know, I, I will make money. I will be creatively satisfied. And we start to tap into like, okay, this, so this is really about work that you love because you want to be creatively satisfied. You want to be yes. sharing your work with the world and you want it to be landing on people and having an impact. Mm. Okay. That has nothing to do with having an agent. <laughs> you know mm. what I mean? Like, that's not what that's that's not what we're after, right? We're we're after being creatively satisfied and all the things that come along with that. And so then we can from that from that place we can kind of pull apart like, well, are there other ways to be creatively satisfied? What might also be creatively satisfying? So, you know, then we can start to talk about making your own work or producing your own stuff or maybe it's, you know, starting a website or, you know, there's so many ways to, to seek out being creatively satisfied, small ways, you know, it's like spend an hour making, you know, making something, creating anything. Um, so that's, you know, a big way in which I sort of tap into people who are kind of stuck in the external things is just keep asking, well, why do you want that? You know, why do you want that? And, um, and it's great because I think it's really beautiful to take people through that process because as you said, I think you brought up a great point in saying that we are very externally focused and the truth is, is it doesn't actually feel good to be externally focused only. It just, it intrinsically, it doesn't feel, something feels off about it. And it's really cool when we take people into, you know, sort of the why behind it you know, those sort of, those feelings that you're after, because all of a sudden it's like their shoulders relax and they're like, oh my God, so it's not about the agent. I don't have to hustle. I don't have to mm -hmm. bend over backwards and do things that I don't really want to do to get something that I don't really care about. You know, it's like they've suddenly connected to something deeper inside themselves that feels of value and it feels good. And the whole, you know, shift of what actions you're going to take from there, the whole, it, it, be, it becomes something else, um, something more fulfilling. And that's, um, that's really beautiful to see and to experience. I love that question. Why it's really powerful. You know, I, I coach similar to you. I coach, um, a lot of people who were actually in my industry. So setting up businesses and who are coaches and health coaches, life coaches, and, and they come to me with what they want, which is I want a six figure business and I want a full load of coaching clients. And I want this many people on my list. And it is, it's kind of these external targets. And, and when you're asking the question why, and really sitting with it, a lot of it does come down to, I want to give this image out to the world that I've made it, that I'm a success, that, um, that right. I've got this really thriving business. And, and that's, that is one, not truly an authentic goal. I mean, that's not what your soul wants. It's not why your soul is doing this work. And right. two, it's going to lead you into a complete state of anxiety and comparison and pushing and need, right? And it's, it's actually really icky. And I see these beautiful women who have so much passion and love for their message, but they're so caught up in having this facade of success. And they're actually trying to live out someone else's vision. You know, they've seen a another woman who's running her business who's hitting six figures and they think they have to do that too. And and yes, that, that can come and that's beautiful, but that's not ultimately their why. That's not their purpose. That's not why they're showing up every day. It is about the love. And, and I think that's a really nice way for people to get clear on uh, you know, why they are desiring what they want, which is, is it because, as you said, I love creative expression and exploring my creativity? Is it because I love speaking these messages to people? Is it because I love coaching? I love teaching? I love fitness? I love travel? You know, you love it versus getting really honest and being like, mm, which of these is just me, you know, thinking that if I tick this box, I'll have a happy life or I'll appear like a success, right? Right. Yeah. And it takes some time to figure out, you know, what, you know, those, what your intrinsic values are, you know, sometimes that takes some time to understand what's really important. You know, one big thing for me that I figured out years ago was, you know, the one, one of the words that I used was dancing. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I don't just mean in like the, you know, dancing profession, I mean, like dancing through life, because to me, dancing feels free, and it feels in the flow, and it feels fun, and it feels energized, and it feels playful. And I realized that that's really important that I experience that in many aspects of my life. I want that in my relationships. I want that in my home, that my home has a bit of dancing to it. You know, there's some playful to it and flow in my home. I want that in my business. Um, 
And, you know, so I think it's really important that you spend some time, um, thinking about what those, those values are to you that, that are really, that you must have in your life. And it's really cool because they're so different for each person. You know, that's what I really love about working with people, getting to know people and humanity in general is we all have different things that are, are important to us. And, um, and that's why people go on to create really unique and interesting businesses when they're really tuned into those, those core values, because they are expression of their unique self. Um, and that's, and that's when you're going to, that's for, you know, for all the people who are creating businesses out there, when you really tap into what's important to you, that is going to be the very thing that will help you differentiate your business from anyone else's. Mm. And that's where you find a sense of flow as well, because it's just this, um, it's kind of coming from the inside out. You're just following that beautiful feeling that's guiding you, you know, moment by moment. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Um, that, that question why, yeah, coming back to that is so beautiful because when you, when you said, you know, you're nutting down to some of what these core feelings are and, and my experience of working with people is, as you said, the, the same ones will kind of flow across all areas of life but they typically want to experience freedom or they want to feel lightness or they want to feel love or connection or play and, and, um, and you touched on it earlier and, and just to go a bit deeper into it that those feelings, you don't have to wait to feel them. I think that's one of the biggest shifts I love supporting people to realize is that there are ways and in fact, there's probably ways they're already experiencing those feelings now in their life um, and, and they can start to work on those feelings, uh, you know, practices and activities and, and things they can do that help them feel that way now rather than waiting. And I think that's the biggest trap we fall into is saying, I can't feel happy until I'm here. Like uh, women that I coach who are transitioning out of their day jobs. I can't feel free until I'm in my business. I have to be in my business before I can feel free. Um, but then starting to work with, well, one, how can you bring more freedom into your life now? What does that mean to you? What does that feel like? And where do you already have freedom? Maybe on the weekends you have a whole, a whole stack of it, but you've got kind of a limited perception of what, you think freedom is? Do, do, do you find that supportive yeah. for people too, of like how to really work with connecting with those feelings now? Oh, absolutely. I think that's, I think that's so key. And I think it kind of ties into the principle of, of taking action, I mm. actually say, because and I think that's a really important principle in manifesting in general is, you know, to not leave out this principle of taking action. So I think, you know, when we talk about wanting, um, you know, let's say freedom is something that you want to experience because it's also attached to the other bigger, you know, external things that you want, but freedom mm -hmm. is how you want to feel. I always recommend that people write down like a list of things that they do that make them feel free. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's that you sleep late one day and you don't set your alarm, or maybe it's that you take the day off, or maybe it's that you don't tell anyone where you're going for the day and you mm -hmm. go on some adventure, you know? Mm -hmm. So, and, and then, and so then you have to go and you have to take the action, you know, you have to take the action that you know will produce not just about, you know, sitting at home and closing your eyes and manifesting and hoping that things will come to you. You know, when I think about, for example, I'll go back to the first story that I shared um, about writing down, okay, this is what I'm, I don't think I'm good at. And then writing down, I pick up combinations easily and effortlessly. Well, then I had to go to the dance class and take the dance class, mm. right, to experience it. So it wouldn't have really been effective had I just like written it down and then hoped for the best. Mm. Um, I had to go and show up. And so when you can identify those actions that you, you pretty are certain will, will produce those feelings, you know, like everyone knows what they are like, Oh, getting a manicure makes you feel luxurious or a massage. Well, then you got to go and you have to start to do those things yeah. um, in your life to sort of match that and to produce that. And, you know, one of the things also is, you know, especially for people running their own businesses, I see, and, and whether you're an artist running your own business, it's like, one of the things that people want to feel is more confident in themselves. Mm. And a lot of times people are like, well, I can't do that until I feel confident, you know, which it, I, and I get that, you know, I can't go on the date until I feel confident. I can't send out the newsletter until I really feel confident in my message. But I think that confidence works in the opposite way. I think that you have to take an action to get the confidence. Mm. Um, I think you have to stay in action to produce the confidence. And you can start by, you know, maybe you start by doing an action that you know kind of makes you feel confident. Like 
you know, I know for me wearing a certain pair of shoes makes me feel confident than if I wear other shoes. So I'll put on my confident shoes, you know, (laughs) I'll put on, like, I know that, you know, putting on maybe lipstick to go out into the world might make me just feel more confident and comfortable with myself. So of course I'm going to do that to produce the confidence so that I have a little more faith to take the next action. And so I think confidence is a big one. I think people will often, um, you know, wait to feel confidence. And I would say that you can cultivate confidence with small little actions that produce, then take bigger actions and bigger actions. And it's, it's so rewarding because you sort of, you take the action and then you get the more confidence because of the fact that you took the action. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. And, and, uh, and confidence, yeah. a huge thing about that as well is what you're telling yourself. So even stopping in the moment that you're feeling uh, unconfident instead of saying, hang on a sec, what's going on in my head right now? And guaranteed your self-talk will be really doubtful and like focusing on your lack or your limitation and what you're missing. And, um, you know, and as we've already shared that the practices and the tools for moving through this is, um, is, is beginning to shift the thinking a little bit into well, what would a confident person think? What would I be telling myself? And and um, that will just immediately also start to change your, your physiology and how you're how you're feeling about yourself. Absolutely, mm. absolutely. And I and I think that also you know taking going back to this idea of taking the actions. I think the reason why we also have to take action you know, when we're moving toward as part of the manifesting process, when we're moving towards, you know, getting the things that we want, I really believe that action is sort of your, it's a form of devotion. And it's your form of devotion, you're telling the universe life, um, I'm committed to this, I want to see this through. And I'm doing that my devotion is a form of action by showing up and sitting down to write, by showing up and going to the conference, by putting the newsletter out, by launching the program. I'm showing my devotion to it by, you know, by taking these actions. And I, I believe that life responds to that. I really do. I think that life is like, okay, fantastic. I see you. Let me help you out a little bit. Mm. Um, you know, and I think that's, it's, you know, taking action builds confidence and it's also a really beautiful form of devotion to and, and showing your love and your, um, your desire and your respect for what it is that you want. Absolutely. And, and what else would you say along with that? Because I agree that's um, while we're working with manifestation in a lot of ways, you know, through aligning our energy and our self-talk and, and, and shifting what we're feeling, there's also this action component, which is so important. And that's co-creating with the universe and showing up and, and exactly showing your commitment. Um, what else do you recommend as, as sort of the, the process or the, the key pillars or tools in terms of, uh, in terms of manifesting? So, um, you know, we've kind of got the, the energy and the self-talk behind it. We've got the action. Is there anything else you draw on, you know, visualization or, or desire boards or do you have any little rituals that you find really support you to bring what you want into form in the world? Well, one thing that I, I do like to teach and I like to practice myself is this idea that you have all the resources you can need right now to move forward. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of the times we sort of, when we, we, we want to see something manifest, we're like, Oh, you know, and it's something big and something, you know, kind of what seems a little bit outside of ourselves. Uh, like it's a big goal, right? Even Mm -hmm. if it is one of those big external business type of goals, you know, we can be like, well, I don't know, you know, I don't know how to do that. I don't have the skill to do that. I don't know the right people to do that. I don't have the right resources. And I would say, you know, coming back to this idea, I always tell people you have all of the resources that you could need right now. So it usually helps by starting to sit down and write. I'll, I'll write, I'll do two sets of resources. So there's, um, there's like the people, place, and things resources. So if let's say your goal is, uh, I don't know, X amount of new subscribers to your newsletter, then you start to write down all of the resources that you possibly know, people, places, and things that could help you move along. There's mm. Facebook ads, there's uh, guest blogging, there, you know, mm. all of the things, right, that you think you can need. And, and then you start to, you make that list and then you make little actions under each one of those resources. Okay, what can I do? Do I have to learn about Facebook ads? Like, do I need to hire someone to create Facebook ads? Whatever it may be. And you start to create actions under it. Mm -hmm. These are resources that you, these are only resources that you have in your realm, in your world right now. You don't need more than that because Mm -hmm. you only need to take one step. You, you know, the great, one of my favorite quotes is the, is the Martin Luther King quote. 
where it's, you don't need to see the whole staircase. You just need to take the first step. Mm. And when you take that first step, another step appears and another resources and another resource. So there's the resources that are the people, places, and things that I think are so valuable. And then there's something that I call your hidden treasure resources, which are (laughs) Um, the resources that you need are the, the feelings. You need confidence. You need persistence. You need um, to feel empowered. And you write down all of those things. And then you start writing the list of actions that you can take to feel those things. Because you're going to need mm. to feel confident. Like if you want to attract X amount of subscribers to your newsletter, for example, you need to be willing. You need to be allowing. You need to be confident, right? There's all these things that you're going to need. And then how can you cultivate those things inside yourself? Mm. Um, so that's always a big one that I go back to when I'm, when I'm manifesting. I sit down and I say, what are the resources that I have right here today, right now, that can move me one step forward? Um, and that always is really helpful, especially because when you're setting up a big goal, it's very easy to get sort of overwhelmed and like, oh, I don't know enough, I don't have enough, I'm not enough, and, um, and that's just not true. <laughs> I love that as well because that kind of brings people back into it you're in the driver's seat of your manifestation obviously you're not controlling and trying to force things but you're in an empowered space around it because I do find people will come to me um you probably experience it too with these big dreams and desires maybe it's even things that they want to manifest a relationship and they're they're really quite despondent they're kind of like oh I have no idea how I'm ever going to meet this guy and and they're in quite a low disempowered space about it and they sort of Sometimes when we come into manifestation, we're just expecting the universe is one day going to deliver it to us. But I love what you're sharing because it it, it requires people to see their part in the manifestation process. Yes, the universe will line things up and opportunities will come to you and you'll just find yourself in the right place at the right time. That will happen. But there's an aspect of you, as you're saying, on an inner level, making sure you're in alignment with it. And two, recognizing in this moment, there's probably a whole heap of stuff that you can start to do, which will begin to move you closer to that if you just start to to focus in on it. Yeah, to move and just start to take actions to align your, you know, make sure that your beliefs are in alignment with what you want. That, you know, if you, you know, it's interesting right now, I'm training some um, teachers, some new teachers for shrink session. And, you know, it's scary. It's a big, scary thing to teach it. You're putting yourself out there in a big way. And I said, you, I, you know, I had a chat with them. I said, you, I want you all to check in with yourself because all, each and every one of you wants to teach this class and each and every one of you wants to have, you know, 30 people in your class and a full class and rate and you're making good money teaching it. But is there any part of you that doesn't believe you deserve it mm. or doesn't believe that you could actually handle it or doesn't believe? And so you have to really check in with those beliefs. Yes. You know, that's I sort of take people through that four steps. So, you know, we have the creating the vision, getting really clear on what it is that you want. That stuff that I mentioned with the gold digger list, like this is what I want and really fleshing it out in a fun, creative artist way like you're painting something (laughs) new and then thinking about your beliefs are your beliefs in alignment with it and then beginning to take the actions based on the resources that you have um right now um and then the last you know step that i talk about is um is moving into a space of allowing and that's sort of when we get to we've done the work it's sort of like shavasana you know Mm. at the end of a yoga class you've You've, you've started your practice by setting your intention. You've moved through your poses and your sun salutations. And then you get to kind of lay down and just receive all the beautiful benefits that, that you get from doing the beautiful practice. And I think the same thing is in manifesting. It's like we do have to take the actions, but at some point it's so important to sit back and let life kind of support, let life do its part, you yes. know? It's kind of like... um. And then bringing the patients, you know, years ago I was teaching a workshop and it was a month long workshop. And at the beginning of the workshop, I had them, I said, everyone's assignment was to go home and to buy a, a packet of seeds that were, you know, flowers or a plant mm-hmm. and to, and to plant the seeds. And, um, you know, so they all did. And next week, the next week they came back and I said, is anyone seed sprouted yet? You know, and, and nobody raised their hand because of course it hasn't, right? These things take time. I said, okay, you know, this week your job is to water the plant. Maybe you'll talk to it, put it in the sunshine, you know, be really sweet, take your actions. So they did the next week, 
has anyone seen any sprouts? Nothing yet, you know? <laughs> and so, but, but the funny, the, the beautiful part about it was like, nobody was expecting to see it, right? Mm. Nobody, nobody woke up the next morning after planting the seeds and said, well, where's my freaking daisy, you know? <laughs> yes. uh, because they know that that's, the, they understand that that's the part of the process is sort of letting the seed do its thing. Yeah. And, and their job is to show up and to water it, to take the actions, to give it the sunlight, to, and then eventually just let the, the seed sprout and grow in the way it's supposed to. And you don't know, is it going to, it might, it might sprout to the right, you know, it might sprout to the left. It might produce more plants than you could imagine that these are the pieces that where you, you know, have to allow and let it sort of bloom and blossom and become the thing that it wants to become in your mm. life. You know, let your business become the business that it wants to become. Let the relationship develop without trying to control the relationship that you're trying to have. Let it bloom and develop by watering it with love and attention and beautiful action and devotion. Um, and that really that that space of allowing is so incredible and so important and so hard. <laughs> oh, but I love that you brought that up because it, it, it's for me it's it's the feeling of flow because flow means that there are seasons. Flow means that there are times where you are in action, and then there are times when you're in receiving. And I love the example of yoga demonstrating that because it's so it's so true. And it, it is you. Um, you know what your part is and your part is if you've got the resources and the ideas and the inspiration, the action steps in front of you, you take them. But then you know that then what comes of that is not up to you and it's not up to you to control it and then keep checking in and following up and, and taking more action than you need to. You know when your time is then to step back and wait and receive and then you watch what unfolds and then you take the next step again. It's like a little dance. Mm, it is. <laughs> that's so beautiful. That's, ex that's exactly what it is. And you know, the one more thing I want to say about mm. that is, I think this is really important, is that, you know, yes, we are powerful. Yes, we are creative. Yes, we are geniuses. But we are also very limited. And our minds, yeah. I don't believe our little small brains could not possibly conceive of some of what life wants to bring our way. Yeah. There's just no way. And, you know, I recently, I got married a couple of weeks ago and, um, the, the man that I married, we actually, we went to elementary school together wow. and I, I moved when I was 11, uh, he's a year younger than me. So we were never really good friends. And we re we connected here in New York city, you know, obviously years and years later. Mm. And of course, while here, you know, I was, you know, throughout my twenties into my thirties trying to like manifest a relationship and, and of course did my work of visualizing it and thinking about who this person was, but never in my small <laughs> mind could I have predicted or conceived that I would end up with somebody who I went to elementary school with, <laughs> yes. right? And so I, you know, I say that because it's really important to remember, like life sometimes has way, there are so many elements going on outside of just our small selves yes. that we just can't even predict. So we want to allow the space for that magical occurrence to happen um, and really acknowledge sort of like that bow down of in a way, yes, I am powerful, but yes, I am also very small yes. uh, that, that there's something greater at work and I'm going to create and allow the space for life to show me what that is without trying to really control and manage every aspect of it. Oh my goodness. That is just such a, it's so perfect and so beautiful. I love that you shared that. And I love that story because it's so, <laughs> so true. Erin, this has been such an incredible conversation. I, I love, your approach it's so practical but it's also really beautiful and and, and effortless and it's not um yeah, I just think this is going to be so supportive for so many people. So thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. And, and before we wrap up, um, can you share with us anything that you've got coming up, anything people can expect from you and where people can find out more about you? Yeah, come on over to erinstutland.com. Um, you can also, well, we have a Magical Manifestors course. I'm reopening the course and it will sort of be an open enrollment for the next mm. several weeks, actually. So if, you know, if you are in a place where, you've got a lot of ideas and you're having a hard time kind of figuring out what it is you want and you need some support on honing in on those ideas and creating a plan of action for those ideas. Um, and you are someone who thinks creatively and likes to kind of have a playfulness about, about creating, then really come check out Magical Manifestors. It's, it's such a fun course and the people who have gone through it have just, you know, produced incredible results because what we do is we take all of your ideas 
and we figure out your why and we figure out the behind and we set very tangible, practical goals for them that you can start taking practical steps around. Mm. Um, so if, if you're feeling at all stuck in any way, this is, it's a really beautiful course. And then if you are looking for some movement and a new way to move your body, whether it is around weight loss or it's just around feeling more confident and more empowered in your body, come to shrinksession.com. Um, you can get there through erinstutland.com as well. And we always had, there's workouts that are, that are on sale all the time. So we have a really amazing program that actually, the program itself is, it sort of matches a little bit with Magical Manifestors in that it takes you, the workouts will take you through this idea of intention, belief, inspired action, and allowing, and the mantras all support these themes. Um, so we have that over there and there's the soul stroll, which is a, um, an audio download playlist with mantras. So you can take it on your walk or you can mm. take it for a run. Um, so there's a ton of really res- a ton of resources, and um, you know as you mentioned in the beginning, I try to make all everything that I do. I try to make really fun, um, so that you have a good time doing it. Really accessible, but also really deep and profound work that will help create massive changes in your life. Mm, beautiful, awesome. Well, if this conversation is anything to go by, then I have no doubt those programs will just be transformational for people. So uh, please, people, pop over and check out more about Erin. Erin, thank you so much for your time. It has been so wonderful connecting with you and talking to you. And uh, thank you to everyone who's been tuned in to today's episode of Awaken Radio, and I will chat to you next time. Bye.